Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it to episode five of Storytime with Matthew Hasm Hammond, uh, the podcast where you, the member of the general public, will get up and tell your stories. Why? Because everybody has a story. This podcast is sponsored by Pass to Assist Pod, so follow Callum, Jack, Doug, and Carl um, as they like basketball, and um, it's for all your basketball needs. Yeah, I made that part up. Um, but uh, anyway, um, today we have Jack from that show coming on, uh, and uh, as I'm a wrestling fan, let's get to it. So please. Please welcome to the podcast, Jack Wilkie. Well, Jack, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be here, Matt. I've uh, I've been an avid fan so far. I've listened to uh, every episode. Listened to uh, your boy Tim um, from Alistair. Well, was it was he a good uh, listen? Or uh... <laughs> it was a good listen. You were uh, you were a great interviewer, Tim. I personally don't, didn't know about about the band Alistair, but. Uh, <laughs> I listened because uh, you're my boy and I love your podcast. So. Oh, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> uh, Unfair for me to follow like a real celebrity, so thanks for that. That's, that's all right, you know. Uh, yeah, the, the choices were you or uh, you know um, uh, Ringo Starr because I wanted the voice of Thomas the Tank Engine on here. So, uh, but he he unfortunately <laughs> hasn't replied to me yet. Then again, I haven't also sent him anything, so you know it's, it's not really a working you know communication there. <laughs> Yeah, well, get on that, get on that. I, I mean, Boris said no to you, didn't he, Dan Boris? Technically, he did, and it was one of his like little uh, stooges who said like no to me, so I was quite upsetting. Still waiting a reply from Prince Harry. I'm pretty sure the King of the Gingers will, you know, come on this show, and uh, we can talk yeah, about world domination. Prince Harry and Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'd be that'd be a good show, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll get, get my brother on it as well, and then like you know, we'll just always eat, eat some space cakes and just talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good to be here. Yeah, good, good. Well, uh, you've uh, all your life, have you always grown up in Chelmsford? or? Um... Yeah, so uh, born and raised on the mean streets of Chelmsford. Um, went, to, went to school in Chelmsford, Boswell's, I big up Boswell's uh, school. <laughs> uh, moved to Brentwood for, what, a year or nearly two years uh, for a little while during my my time at LV, which which was where we we met. We did. Um, so we'll probably get, we'll probably get onto that. But yeah, born and raised in Chelmsford, I, I moved back to Chelmsford, and I, I still live here now, and uh, I'm right in the heart of Chelmsford right now. Um, these mean streets are mine though, so I've got them on lock. Well, there's a rumor going around saying that you actually are the heart of Chelmsford. That's that's what I heard. Yeah, well, if I die, Chelmsford dies. Yeah. So. Like hopefully, uh, hopefully, I can stay alive. You should declare independence for Chelmsford, and you know, from from the whole rest of England, like Canvey Island, tried to. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should, and then I changed the old uh, the the laws so that we could actually meet up and go to the pub. That'd be great. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Who would have thought twenty twenty we'd be like you know in this situation, like. I feel bad for like my nan because like you know you kind of sit there going like she's had to go through this twice in her bloody lifetime now you know having to stay inside and like <laughs> do, do like nothing you know it's, it's absolutely just mind blowing to think you know this is actually even going on but you know who yeah for so long for yeah. so long I mean we're in this sort of this this tier two kind of thing me and you would obviously normally just meet up and pound beers together and and have this talk but we're, we're having to do it over over zoom or whatever mm. uh, because of uh, the uh, the rules and you know 
we don't want to get too political on your podcast, but uh, all right. these are the rules, so we've got to abide by by what we're told at, at the moment. True, but yeah, yeah. What, what a mental year twenty twenty is in general. Yeah, you like so like because obviously you basically live with Doug. Um, will Callum have to like Skype you or something to get on uh, to pass to assist? <laughs> Well, yeah, we we did just record an episode, uh, so yeah, just to know I am from, uh, we did do the Pods Pass to Assist podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, myself, Doug, Callum, you know, you've had Callum on, we've you've spoken about Doug at length on, on previous episodes. Um, we did just record an episode, but we are putting things in place for having to record episodes sort of remotely. Might do us a favour with Carl sort of being from Ipswich as well. Um, but just on that fact, I mean, I've known Doug my whole life basically uh we went to nursery together <laughs> we lived um two and a half minute walk from each other as kids and although you know life got got in the way sometimes as we sort of got into our teenage years we became really really close and i would take a bullet for that man he is uh, one of the nicest people on earth and uh, i'm i'm glad to call him um, a friend <laughs> Uh, you, you're, you're like it's just your friendship group in general. You're like you're really like you know, uh, you, you guys are just hilarious. But like you also are very like really welcoming. Like <laughs> like when me, Macca, and Callum would come over, and like we wouldn't know like anyone else apart from you and Doug. Like everyone else would sit there and talk to us, and like you know we always have that you know that 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 chat, which uh, I'm pretty sure one day you're going to agree to about like, trading Hagger for Hatch. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> I knew this was coming. We can't trade Hatch for Haggle. We've been over this, Matt. You can, we'll have, um, we said we'll bring you guys over to here. Yeah, true, so you guys true, can true. have Clark. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then you, Macca and Callum can come over to us. Um, just for, like, you know, people out there who don't know who, who Clark is. He's that member in our friend group who manages to do everything wrong and be the biggest liability. So if you're going out on a night out, Jack's going to lose his shoes, he's going to lose his phone, he's going to throw up over someone, he's going to do something stupid. Um, so we were, we're sort of in the business of trading him over to you guys so, so that we can have you, Callum and Mac, and uh, we might have some more sensible nights out. Uh, for some reason, uh, I, don't, know, I don't know if I've ever met Clark, but I'd love to see, like, you know... Uh, Put put like make it like you know a YouTube reality show where we just put him and Hatch in a flat together for like a, a month and just see what magic comes out of it. Oh, I'd love to see it. I'd absolutely <laughs> love to see it. And my mate Brad Hughes as well. Um, I've actually got a story about Brad Hughes. Since it's a story time, um, I might as well tell it. Go for so, it. So, as you kind of mentioned on on previous episodes in the past, I've been a, a big fan of uh, of the weeds <laughs> yeah. um, when we were kids. So um, we used to sit around and, and, you know, smoke weed together or whatever and just laugh about random stuff. So one day we're sitting around and my mate Hagger turns to Brad and, you know, we're just, we're just being childish. You couldn't get away with this sort of banner nowadays, but, but back then you could. So he turns to Brad and he says, um, Brad, would you suck my dick for 10 grand? Then Brad goes, no, that's ridiculous. Why would I, why would I do that? And then he goes, would you suck my dick for this joint? And Brad, like, without skipping a beat, his answer was, well, the whole joint. <laughs> so he's like, he won't do it for 10 grand. He could buy a load of joints for 10 grand, but, you know, he'll do it for, for the whole joint. Oh, man, he's a good laugh, that boy, like. <laughs> Uh, he's lovely he is lovely he's harmless Brad we got to even meet his Australian cousin as well like uh, and uh, yeah Ben I believe 
he come over just to see like some wrestling show or something, didn't you? <laughs> think what it was, and then like I just remember going like, "Who is this hang rampage?" And he goes, "What? What? This cunt? Yeah, he's amazing, mate." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a legend. He was actually a legend. I completely forgot about that. This is why you're so good. You remember all these things, and I've got no chance of ever remembering. <laughs> It was just there, like, we were all just sitting in this front room. I can't remember what pay-per-view thing. I think it was, like, like all out or all in, one or two. Or, and uh, me and Callum, like, like sharing this beanbag side by side, trying to watch it. But at the same time, it's, like, getting to, like, five o'clock in the morning. And he's just sitting there, like, wide awake, just, like, loving this, like, wrestling show. Just there, like... <laughs> yeah, on his Australian body clock. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, I mean, the big question is, Matt, mm-hmm. you've got me and Doug, right? And then you and Callum... Who, who is the biggest bromance? You know, I would have to say you and Callum personally, mm. because you know it's a very intimate, loving relationship between the two of you. We 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 have been there in the past where you know, like you know, where we'd do a bet and we'd just be like, okay, the day to make out, all right, done. We we'd, we'd go for it, you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Like, we even tried, uh, what's it called, when we saw the Orlando Magic versus, uh, I want to say it's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, me, yeah, me and yeah, Callum were petitioning to get on that damn kiss cam for ages, but uh, they didn't pick us for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about all of that. <laughs> Who was oh, that? The Amway Center with Wanda. Yeah, yeah, what a babe. She was always there. And uh, <laughs> I remember when they uh, managed to Wanda, no, time's cut off now. I was like, no, Wanda, no. <laughs> No, we need more. One more. It was because I was saying to, uh, to Callum, like you know, it was, it was like twelve pound or like twelve dollars just for one beer, or you can get like a whole yard of like this like ten percent cocktail for like you know like fifteen bucks or something stupid like that. It was just there, like, well, I don't really how they 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 you know they're doing the prices on this, but this is just stupid. <laughs> Well, it went down so easy as well, didn't yeah. it? That was a thing. Didn't you power through two of those things while we were watching Takeover? Uh, I put I, I, that day, Jesus Christ. Um, that that was a time where I was uh, extremely drunk. Um, I, I, I kept doing chants, and then like I think during the Bobby Roode and like uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura match, you, you turned around to me and was like, um, "Can you can you stop doing the chants now?" <laughs> but, but I'm alcohol fueled. <laughs> You were properly trashed as well because, like, you don't you drink a lot, Matt, but you're not often you don't often see you like really, really trashed. Yeah, um, I think Sam Sam mentioned this in an earlier episode as well, hmm. and that was the first time that I was like, Whoa, Matt's like drunk, <laughs> Matt's like very drunk. And then we went out afterwards, and as you said, with Callum, we had the pickleback shot. Yeah, uh, you guys mentioned it. You didn't mention that, um, I can't remember for whatever reason you guys were in there first, and then I came in, or maybe it was meeting Hannah and John because we met up with a few other yeah people, uh, yeah I remember that yeah um, and then I walked into that bar and you go there's a shot there's a shot at the bar for you and then Callum's there and there's a white shot and a brown shot and you're like do the brown one first and then do the white one but you have to do them like one up straight after the other <laughs> so I'm obviously a moron so I just went straight in and done the whiskey and then drunk that the other the clear one and it was the pickle juice and I was like Jesus what is this but <laughs> it really did soothe the whiskey burn uh, and I'd definitely recommend it I'd definitely do it again it, it just always cracks me up in the States because like you know they always do shots with a chaser like you know over here we're just there like ah oh, just do a shot you know it's, <laughs> it's just like that really isn't it like because um, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure like, so let's just do the shot that's it yeah yeah 
But like it's 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 just funny like how you know it's different cultures you know well then again I'm pretty sure there's there's probably a few people in America who probably just do the shot they they probably don't do the chaser afterwards like it's not like you know against the law to do it or anything like that so uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah <laughs> I remember being in that bar at the end of the night and like you and Doug were like you know uh, like talking or whatever and I'm standing there just like Rex like just sitting down I think or standing there. And then uh, I think Doug says, "Rashi, we look. I feel feel better. Go back. Look, look at Aslam. He's uh, <laughs> he, he looks pretty done. And like, because we me we as pretty lost uh, Callum and Macca because they went over to that barcade over the road, if I can remember. Um, and then yeah, yeah. We, we we stayed at that bar and just uh, kept drinking. A lot of cider was consumed. Yeah, I remember being completely trashed. And obviously, we had WrestleMania the next day, which was mm. just pain. I remember losing um, the hot. Uh, like I'm missing the whole uh, Dean Ambrose versus Baron Corbin match. <laughs> yeah, well, that was trash. But I, I just remember the struggle of the heat in the mornings. Remember we were outside the stadium while you sort of waited to go in. Just the most killer hangover. We all just kind of wanted to die. But at the same time, it's like Callum's first WrestleMania, my first WrestleMania. Mm. Um, we were super excited to actually get in and, and see it. But I, I do kind of remember having that killer hangover but then walking through into that arena and seeing like all of the stage you know being a wrestling nerd like like we are and just being like yeah man i've waited like i think at the time it was like 17 years um that, that since i watched my first self once i was like yeah i really i've waited for this for, for so long yeah and it was a good mania you got you know i remember a few days before you say seeing that like meme with the hardy boys and then like Oh no way! That can't happen. The next thing you know, like doing it, doing it, doing it, bounce! Oh, oh, oh shit! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, when the, when the new day introduced them and then that popped, that was like one of the loudest noises like from a collection of people I've heard. And like better than being going to watch football or anything mm. like that. I mean, I, I like to go and watch football, um, but louder than goals being scored. I mean, I've been to a North London derby, um, Tottenham and Arsenal, and, and it wasn't as loud as that. Yeah. Uh, during the day, me, you, Callum, and Doug went to that Tottenham versus uh, was it Inter Milan match? Oh my God! Yes, the new <laughs> at the new stadium. It was <laughs> yeah. a friendly in the new stadium, and I got absolutely rat assed. I think we all were. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Like, and I, I threw that sandwich at that wall. Yeah, it's just that man's reaction when he's walking past. He's like. <laughs> he was like, a big. He was a big bloke as well. Yeah. He'd have beaten the life out of me. It like, just looked like, you know, something like mixed with like Benadorm and Shameless. And he, uh, <laughs> he, he just basically walking past and gives like this weird look like, I think there's something wrong with this guy. He's throwing a sandwich at a wall. <laughs> oh, yeah, he would have crushed me with one hand by the looks of him. He was a big dude. Yeah. I remember, I remember seeing there just absolutely tanked in that game. And uh, my, my, my objective was just to make the, uh, the, the, uh, the steward laugh. And I'm just sitting there just putting, <laughs> putting like this happy face at him throughout the game and then, then you just saw him just absolutely break and he just couldn't stop laughing and then like <laughs> I remember almost try almost getting like a backstage pass and things like that, you know, it was mental. I feel sorry for the old man who was sitting next to me because um he was in he was like in his eighties and I was like obviously trashed before the game and I started talking to him and he was like I've been coming to White Hart Lane for years and years and years, I can't remember how long he how long he said, but like yeah. most of his life. Um 
So I was just completely drunk chewing this guy's ear off. He's trying to enjoy his first game in the brand new Tottenham Stadium and he's just got some drunk moron just biting his ear off for the entire game. Uh, he must have hated me. <laughs> it was just at half time where we just kept getting more and more beers, and like you know, we're thinking, I think we're done, but still, let's keep going. You know, <laughs> we just got absolutely yeah, because we split we split off to different bars as well, didn't we? Mm. And then I think two people, well, half the group went to one bar, and we're like, well, I'll get two beers each for everyone, and then the other people went to the other bar and did exactly the same. So we had all of these pints <clears> to drink. Yeah. Because we, did, we didn't, we were like ten minutes late for the start of the second half because we were wrestling in the hallways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just threw it so, didn't, didn't you almost jump in a bin as well? Uh, didn't know. Did I what? Didn't you always like jump in a bin? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, I just remember the stewards in there were just like, I'm surprised that they didn't say anything or kick us out or anything because we were just, we were. Blind drunk, just doing <laughs> stupid stuff. The guys, that's, I had that video of you and Callum wrestling for the twenty four seven championship <laughs> yeah. style in the uh, in the hallways, and people must have just been like, "What are these people doing here?" But yeah, I mean, that's that's up there with like top five drunk like day drinking sessions I've had for for being absolutely wasted. <laughs> for, like, don't know how I got home that night. Don't don't know what happened really, but it was a great day. Uh, we we uh, like, I remember how uh, my night finished. Like, basically, we said our goodbyes at uh, uh, where is it? Like, is it Upminster? St- no, it's not. It's Newbury Park. So you guys got like a like an Uber back from Newbury Park. We got an Uber back from you know there as well. Um, and uh, <laughs> we got back, and I just turned around to my dad. I was like, "Do you guys want to watch uh, Bohemian Rhapsody?" And somehow he said, "Yeah, all right." Then, and we just sat there watching uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> just tanked as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, Bob loves a bit of Queen, doesn't he? He does, yeah. <laughs> that was just such a funny day out, man. Like, <laughs> do you remember when we went? When uh, we met Matt? Can you remember anything about that? It was. I know, that, I know. I've just sort of turned into interviewing you, but you're the one who's going to remember this stuff. Yeah, it was at LV. I told you that Don broke over shit. Oh yeah, and I used to be an avid fan. <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember I saw them live, like supporting Billy Talent once. I think you were at the same gig, but uh, yeah, um, with um, <laughs> and then like, I was sitting there going, like, I don't really know what to think about this guy. It's like, you know, the lead singer just looks like he he is a model. I think I think actually he is a model. Rob Damiani, isn't it? Yeah, Rob Damiani. Yeah. But every every time he like. He, he like you know uh, poses for like a picture or whatever you just see him like kind of like blow his cheek out so he's less kind of sad like yeah he is um, he was a bit of a poser to be honest uh, I was a big fan of Don Broco's like uh, first album but then after that they like for a lot of people say this about a lot of, lot of bands but they kind of sold out a little bit and mm. become a very pop based sort of band and it, it wasn't for me um, on the subject of music and I've been we used to have you support our uh, shows. I used to insist, like, look, if we're going to play this show, we've got to have Matt do yeah. the Disney songs first because it really, like... I remember the first time that I did it, kind of telling the people in the band, being like, okay, if we're going to play this show, like, I want to ask my mate Matt to su- support us. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. What, what, is, what does he do? It's like, he plays Disney songs. And they were like, what? And I was like, no, trust me, this dude, not only is he sick... But like the quietest of crowds, put him in front of the Christ, the quietest of crowds, like they they don't even know that they know Disney songs. So as soon as he starts playing, 
that you just get everyone in a good mood and then that's when you by the time you get on stage it's it's so nice to follow <laughs> i just insisted that we have you uh we have you do it that was in the old party at your house days now yeah. we're sort of under a new guise of the pet defectives who've only just got back together uh they've had a first band practice back since february maybe uh on tuesday so how much um, watch this space like how much do you do you miss the asylum? That place was fun. <laughs> it really was. That place was great because, mm. like, not only was it a great venue locally. I mean, it, what, let's be honest, it wasn't a fantastic venue, but the community vibe that that place had, um, and it was obviously close with like the daughter of the guys who, who ran it, Becky. Mm. She was with Max, who was our old bassist, who's in a band called Mercury Rising, um, and they're actually starting to get some real success and they got some real bangers so check out mercury rising yeah i think uh, i supported them yeah, once that, that, down the uh, or I, they supported me uh no i'm pretty sure i don't know it was it was down the golden fleece because they do like the asylum sundays and they, they they were like absolutely rocking it they they were really good mm-hmm. like uh, that whole family like you know like you said becky denise is it ed they're like, they're a quality family yeah like, yeah you know, like, I, I like, you know, yeah like, but it's it, it, it was great for just going down there on any given night and then you could end up just playing songs just like upstairs or just chatting with random people about real music and stuff like that i really love that place and i miss it i miss it a lot to be honest yeah i remember the time you were convinced like the whole of um the lv uh, downstairs to come to your gig uh like out there because like you know uh, <laughs> and uh, everybody went and it was just like a, such a fun time and then you got me and Callum up to do messaging a bottle and we're sitting there just going like, don't know any other words apart from messaging a bottle <laughs> so just going messaging <laughs> a bottle <laughs> yeah but that, that's what that place was about it was about just blagging it and just having fun and those are some of the like really fun nights like so everyone making the effort to come from LV um was really was really far. I really, there's a lot of people from that place who I, who I really do miss. Cause, yeah. uh, I suppose this is a story worth telling. I, I used to work at LV um, with with you and had a sort of. I did okay at LV. Like I worked up from sort of claims handler on the phones, did some work doing projects and stuff, and then got into planning and operations and stuff like that. And but unfortunately for me, it just got to a point where I was like completely miserable, if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, and I, the, the moment that sticks into my head is kind of getting into work one day and sitting down at my desk and having to put those details to log into to my computer and then just being like, I feel like I could break down and cry right now. Yeah. Like, I, I hate this. I hate this fucking job. And then um, it, it wasn't even necessarily that I don't want to speak speak ill of, of anyone or anything that was happening it was just where i was at the time i wasn't in a very good place um but i mean i phoned shout out to my friend jason um i phoned him and i said no i, I think i've had enough of my job um can, can he's a decorator I just said can you can you offer me some work to to get me by because i'm, I'm pretty sure i'm, I'm gonna leave this job and, and the sooner the better and he like absolutely no hesitation was like yeah as long as you've thought this through and you're not it's not a knee-jerk reaction then 100 percent you you can come and work for me and um it did it took me in zero decorating experience um i mean i'd had some trade experience before i used to build tree houses with my brother like really lush uh tree tree houses um that was that was good fun there were some good stories there um 
but yeah, Jason gave me a job straight away, taught me his trade, didn't really need to. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm now at a point where I work for, for myself and I still work with him every now and then and, hmm. and another firm, but he really, well, no questions asked, knew I was in a bad spot and gave me the tools that I needed. And ever since then, I've been a lot happier in, in what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it is one of the things, like, you just need a door opened and then as soon as you can do that, then you know that you're ready to kind of, like, you know, get up and just leave, you know. With me, it's just one of them things. Like you know, I, I love the you know at the end of the day, I love the people I work with. Like like you said, there's nothing. The company's a good company, really is. Like um, it's just there. Like well, you know, kind of think to yourself, I don't really know what I want to do in life anyway. <laughs> you know, like let alone yeah. trying to like you know even look for another career. But you know, at the moment, like you know, um, you know, uh, I always win the person that makes you smile award. So uh, I'm quite grateful of that. I've never lost that award. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there's no way you're ever losing that award, mate. You are, you are a ray of sunshine oh. that is not said in jest uh, whatsoever. You're a, you're an absolute ledge. <laughs> I like to think I am anyway. Do you, do you, do you remember um, that? Speaking of LV, yeah. Sorry, go on. I was gonna say, do you remember that time at Asylum? Um, going back to that, like uh, where um, we uh, we did the Halloween gig, and I lent you that Princess Elsa like costume, so, so you guys could dress up as like woodland fairies um, for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I was mankind, and I was just I was handing out chocolate milkshake to powder to people. When I say people, it was just this <laughs> one guy constantly. And I remember he had like Jesus something on his shirt or something. So I went, Jesus, you! <laughs> Congratulations, you're the number one fan. You've won yourself a, a sachet in Nesquik. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a thing for the bucket list, isn't it? I've played a gig um, in a dressed as Princess Elsa. Um, yeah, I, I looked hot that night, and that was all thanks to you. No, you always look hot anyway. Matt Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a Matt Butler. Obviously, there's going to be people out there who don't know who Matt Butler is. He is one of the nicest guys out there. He really is, and especially from a work perspective, he'll help you with absolutely anything. He'll bend over backwards, um, but. Oh, I am obviously just a horrible person and would just do stuff to make his life absolute hell. But the worst thing was was that he was still just so nice to me and I <laughs> honestly made his life hell. It, for whatever reason, he had a picture on his Facebook of him jumping off a boat on a holiday, obviously when he was like 18 or whatever, a lad's holiday, and he jumping off the boat naked and you could see his penis just like this little sort of silhouette of a hook a little little hook shrimp penis so he's jumping off the boat so i i mean it started with little things like i would just show people it just like here's a picture of butler's dick um then it escalated to like printing off pictures and leaving <laughs> pictures laying around of, of butler's dick and then it, there was a time where i was a line trainer at lb so i was training new staff and i would bring in new employees and on like their fucking second or third day like what is wrong with me i would show them i'd put it in the middle of a slideshow so i'd be doing the, the slides for people and their their intro or whatever and then boom there comes a picture of butler jumping off the boat and i wouldn't just be like oh whoops i'd be like this is matt butler he will help you with anything that you need he really is great but here's a picture of his penis um, and that. how I got away with it how no one how I was never honestly seriously reprimanded for that I will never never know <laughs> um, I've got another funny penis LV story to get off my chest um, do you remember I used to just go around and just draw cocks on people's pads oh yeah um, I remember once uh, so this lady that we used to work with she is 
again one of the nicest people out there Sue. Oh, yeah. uh, she would she would like collect them so i would do these drawings and then she would cut out what i'd drawn or whatever and then she would stick it into a big like pad so she had this collage of penises she used to call it the cockolage um <laughs> And I remember one one day I'd got into work and the the sort of main boss um, came over and she said, like, Jack, I need to have a word with you. And I was like, all oh, right, here we go. And what have I done now? And she goes, um, you can't be leaving these pictures laying around. And then there's a picture of a cock on a, like, that she's holding up. Now, Sue is actually there while Adele like, starts speaking to me. Mm. So Sue like cuts cuts into the conversation and goes, "Excuse me, excuse me, I, I've got to, I've got to say in Jack's defence, that's not one of his." And Adele was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, that's not that's not one of Jack's because Jack's don't look like that. I've got a whole book full of the, the cocks that Jack draws, and that's definitely not his. So please don't uh, don't put that on him." It's like some American vandal kind of like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sue was like, hang on, hang on. You can't have a go at him. That's, that's definitely not one of his cocks. I remember uh, <laughs> Matt Butler. I just remember the time where like, I was doing a few April Fool's pranks and then you caught on to it. And then you were like, I've got to get Butler. I've got to get Butler. And then like, uh, we went, like there was a complaint or something. Can you, you, like, you convinced the, like, someone to like transfer you know you through to him. Oh, the grind I went through to make that that work. Yeah. Is, that was exactly that because Matt was on. He was on the ball and he didn't want to get tricked. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to get other people on side. Yeah. So I remember going to like uh, one of the other team leaders, Sarah, and being like, I need you to like pass this on to him because I don't even know if he was on complaints that day. But I was like, I wanted him because he was really good at that sort of stuff. Mm. I was like, take it to him and be like, look, this is a big complaint. I, I want you to to work it. And I got through to him, and you might remember the contents of the call better than I did, but I remember speaking to him in Scottish yeah, um, and proper winding him up and then basically trying to ask him out, so him sort of resolving the complaint and then me asking him out on a date, saying that he sounded sexy and that I wanted to take him on a date. <laughs> um, and then I sort of made my way into the office while I was still on my phone so he could see it was me, but... You could tell that he sort of half knew he was getting pranked, but at the same time, he couldn't really let on just because there was a slight chance that it could be genuine. Oh, and he hated me for that. But this is what I mean. I ridiculed this poor man, and he's and he was lovely. I've got all the time in the world for Butler. I did. I've got an interesting Butler story to, to kind of redeem myself. I do remember we that, that prank you know. call where you went like, how about I give you a blowjob? <laughs> anyway, uh, no, no, sir, we, we, don't, we don't do that here, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> you just, uh, just didn't really know how to react, bless him. You just there just being like, you know, just... He actually thought it was someone, and then like you went like, "Oh, you, have you got onto it's me yet?" <laughs> but like, like, "Oh, I'll get you, Wilkie." <laughs> like, like, like. <laughs> yeah, he did. I did. I did help Butler out once. This is my redeeming feature, right? Mm-hmm. We went to Bournemouth for the LV Five Aside tournament. Me and Butler were rooming because, like, although I ridiculed him, we we were mates. We got yeah. and um, we went out. He was just a young. He was a lot younger here then as, as well. And we went out, and he actually ended up pulling this bird, and then. Obviously, we were rooming, but he wanted to bring her back. So I can't even remember exactly what happened. But it's basically just like, knock yourself out, mate, sort it out. I can't even remember what I ended up doing. Yeah. I really can't. But yeah, we just, or I think that he said that. And I was like, yeah, crack on. And then he went somewhere else. So I might have ended up staying with Josh Harding or something like that. Yeah. 
but I did uh, I did help him out on that front, and I think he actually ended up losing his virginity if I'm not uh, if I'm not wrong. You're a proud proud parent moment that is, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't all wasn't all bad to Matt. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, like another character from your days, you know, is definitely Michael Rolfe. Oh yeah, Rolf. He was another one who I ridiculed a little bit, but um, you two were like the greatest like free like threesome thing ever. Like you know, you you just constantly like you know were like playing pranks on them, and they'd just be like, oh, you know, it's Wilkie. I'll be fine." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I used to get like the train with Rolf a mm. lot, so I used to I used to come in with him, and then I think we both sort of did the line training stuff at similar times, or we both worked on some of the claim center like this project stuff or whatever. Um, so yeah, he, Matt, Rolf, Rolf got ridiculed by me as well. But I remember that because when I used to live in Brentwood, there was a big, there was a lot of drinking going on um, at, at the time. And I remember Rolf coming to mine and getting drunk and then throwing up everywhere. And then uh, there was like me and Bert and a few other people. And that Emily Ralph was with us, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I'm go- I'll, I'll don't worry about it. I'll clean up." Like he's sick. Uh, so I got Ralph like some clothes and stuff. He put a new shirt on. Was cleaned up. Emily cleaned up all of his stuff. And then pretty much as soon as we'd finished, he was just like he just threw up again. Just everywhere. <laughs> He, he was notorious for throwing up that boy. Like, there's that story about him and O'Neill's like at Christmas time, isn't there? Like, I can't remember who he was doing shots against. I think it was Matt Butler actually, because Matt Butler can put it away, can't he? Like, um, yeah, yeah, big time. But but Rolf obviously couldn't. And then like, so he's he's done a sh- like you know they're doing like a couple of shots, and he's got to that last one, and then he's, he's realised he needs to puke. So he started like with O'Neill's in Brentwood, the toilets are like up two flights of stairs basically where it's like you know middle part where and he's got to the middle part and just gone everywhere and, uh, and then basically he's come down like excuse me can I have a muffin bucket please I've just been sick and they were like get out <laughs> yeah kicked him out straight away that was like the Christmas do or whatever for those guys because I think I remember meeting up later with people hmm. Uh, and not being surprised that Rolf had thrown up. I mean, I think even Callum was victim to our old flat there when we watched uh, Super Bowl or something. He walked straight out the door and threw up. <laughs> yeah, he's another one who... Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he can chunder that boy, like... I remember one of his birthdays in there. He, he got a tank during the day. He went to O'Neill's and he's got, like... You know, you know when you're sitting there and... You, you see someone do three shots in a row. He's done one. And you just like, oh, he's going to get to the third one. It's all going to happen. Done the second one. Bam. Third one. Bam. bam chundered everywhere on one table. And it's like kind of ricocheted onto the next table as well. It was like, it was, it was projectile. <laughs> we, we, we just, and then like, well, I'm just saying, I kind of had to pick Callum up and just like run him home or whatever. And then like, <laughs> I convinced him in the morning he fell through the window of Subway sandwich shop. <laughs> he's like, oh, shit. That one's like, yeah, you, you did, bud. And he's like, I have to go and apologise. He's like, oh, I don't think they're going to really like, you know, thank you, know, like your apology there, bud. I had to literally get you out that damn window. <laughs> like, that oh, night man. ended at like nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, I think those are like the notorious like <laughs> heroes of chundering, really. Well, the the LV drinking game was pretty strong. <laughs> yeah, back in those days, like when it when it turned into like an every Friday going out type job, <laughs> there was some epic drinking going on. But I mean, the, some of the worst ones were just like me. Um, 
and Matt and Chloe, we would just, we'd get through like six bottles of wine, mm. just like on a Tuesday. And you're just like, because you'd get into work Monday and go to work and be like, well, Monday sucks. So let's go back to the flat and drink some wine and end up drinking wine and vodka and all sorts. And you go into work Tuesday, you're really hungover. But then by the time two o'clock comes along, you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel bad. Does anyone want to go to the pub for a beer? You go to the pub for two beers and then you're like, well, let's go to the shop and buy some wine. Hmm. Go back to the flat, repeat the process and keep doing that throughout the week. It really wasn't a... It wasn't a good time for my liver. <laughs> I, I remember this one time, and I don't know why we went out, but we went out on a Thursday for some reason. I think it might have been payday. So someone said, yeah, yeah, let's go out. And it was it was that random that we ended up in the slag and lettuce. And uh, the, 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 the main part of the story is like, I got really drunk and I kept trying to kiss Matt Cook on the cheek, which you found hilarious. He's like, go on, Hazard, do it again, do it again, do it again. He's not looking. <laughs> and I'd run up to him and just go, you know, for fuck's sake, Matt, get, get off. And, like, and, like, and then, like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was just the next day that like, I walked in at like nine o'clock, just fresh with a daisy or whatever. And you're going, like, how the fuck is Hazard even walking after last night? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no idea how you do it. Like, there's other days when we're just pounding beers or whatever, and you're drinking like two beers to everyone else's one beer, and you're just like, "Huh, hello, yeah, I'm fine. How's it going?" Hey, you're like, "Perks for being fat, you know." <laughs> how are you tucking this away? I mean, but I know big guys that can't tuck it away like you do, Matt. It's yeah. not. It's it's it's, it's outrageous. Well, Mum was an orphan, and I blame her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> man, like, that was, yeah. <laughs> it was just weird because I just remember being in the back garden of, of uh, the swan and then magically we were upstairs, like, like going upstairs to the toilet in the slug and letters, and they're like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening here. <laughs> but yeah, moving yeah, it's on. craziness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are you enjoying all the basketball stuff anyway? Yeah, well, um, got. It was about this time last year, really. I mean, going back to when I was a kid, um, and I mean, like, real young, sort of before secondary school kind of time, I was into basketball that, you know, being my age, you had Space Jam and the right Chicago on. Bulls were really big mm. at the time. Uh, Kobe was just coming up, so it was um, it was kind of... It was, it was the in thing at the time, so I was super into basketball. I used to play for the basketball team for a few years in school. But then... I say you, you, I kind of grew out of it for a bit. I was, I was too busy drinking and, and taking drugs or whatever to do that. <laughs> so I fell out of it. But then, sort of last September, I think it coincided with uh, me losing my uh, stepdad as well. I mean, I was sort of getting into basketball, but he passed in November, so at the end of November, and um, it really was just like a way to. I think the reason why I went so hard into basketball was just to to give my brain something else to think about, no, no, no. Um, to occupy my time. I mean, obviously, you, you've you've had it rough with uh, with your mum too, and we, we've we've had conversations about you know grief and how how hard it is to to deal with and and stuff like that. I mean, I, I owe a lot to. Of, of my personality to him I mean I wouldn't be interested in music if it wasn't for him mm. um, I wouldn't have he would you know my mum and dad never had too much money and 
he was one of those guys who he didn't have much money but he didn't spend money on anything so um when it came to me like showing a vague interest in in playing guitar and stuff like that he was like well i'll just buy you a guitar so he would like buy me guitars and amps and stuff and he'd go down the boot sales and he'd come back one day and just be like i bought this amp he'd have like a a 50 watt PV amp or whatever that he bought from the boot sound just be like is it any good he'd be like yes it's fine he always wanted to play guitar um but he never he never really um found the time uh in his life i tried to convince him because uh those obviously however don't know we we lost him to cancer he had a five-year uh battle with cancer um as far as battling with cancer goes it wasn't uh, too bad he was a very mobile and very he lived a pretty much normal life up until two weeks from the end uh, and if we're going to go hard on that story it was there was a point where because he was so active he was never really in bed or anything like that was never really struggling he would come and help me on my own private decorating jobs which at the times were like my first ones so he I would make mistakes left right and center and with like pricing and, and stuff like that. And he would just come in and just work for free with me for days on end and for free hmm. just to, but he just loved being around it. He was a really practical guy. Um, but I, I knew that it was sort of going downhill when I went around my mum's and she was like, yeah, he peaked in bed. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's a bit strange. But yeah, we had a pretty, I went upstairs and spoke to him like while he was in bed and he, he didn't want to speak to me because he was, you know, where the, it spread to his liver and stuff. So he was getting a bit of jaundice. So he was, you know, he's a bit discolored, like yellow when you yeah. get jaundice. Um, so he was like, he did, you could tell he just didn't want to speak to me, but then he, he did sort of, I just kind of pulled him over as in like, come on, you're, you're going to speak to me sort of thing. And, um, yeah, we chatted and he just basically said, I'm, I'm tired of this now. I'm tired of fighting this. I, I can't really, I can't really do it anymore. So I just said to him, if that's what you've got to do, like, you know, that we'll look after mum and all that stuff. So if, if that's what you got to do and you're done with it, like you've put in a worthy fight. So, uh, that's, if that's what you got to do, just give it up. And I remember going downstairs and speaking, my brother was there as well speaking to my mum and I was obviously upset and all this and like you know the conversation as if and I remember my brother being like well I think it's a bit early for that sort of thing but he deteriorated so quickly that he was um you know put under medication and stuff like that so a lot of us a lot of the family didn't really get the chance to have that closing conversation like with him because while while in his final sort of week or so or whatever he was just heavily sedated and uh, and stuff like that so i'm really glad that i did take take that time because uh i got to have that sort of that, that conversation with him yeah and i was there in the, in the room when he, when he passed me and my and my brother and um and my stepbrothers as well obviously we were all there hmm. um terribly hard thing to go through i mean he was my stepfather but he was he was basically there from from when I was like you know one years old so pretty much my my whole life so I consider him uh, it's up there with, with losing you know a blood parent I mean I haven't lost my 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 mum or anything like you have I imagine it's a little bit worse losing losing a mother but um, you were really a, a big help as just someone to to bounce off when uh, in those 
really dark times. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really get any, it doesn't get any easier. Uh, you never get over it. I remember, you know, us having those conversations and being like, "Oh yeah, it doesn't, it, it doesn't go away." When you think about it logically, like, of course it doesn't. There's never a mm. point when you're like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm over that. I'm fine with that." But obviously, that's that's not how your mindset's going to be. You just get better at dealing with it and, and cracking on with it. So yeah, like, like yeah, I mean, you like, were you were a big help. You said like you know, obviously you were in the room when he passed and that. Uh, like to this day, like I, I could just you know always remember just back when like you know obviously when I lost my mum, it's just like mental to see how like someone can go from like you know just ordinary colour just to blue. It's, you know it's not a nice thing at all. Like you know no one should really have to you know see it really. But like at the end of the day, like the the, the reason I did it is because of um, my my brother. Uh, he was there on the night basically she had a heart attack and he basically saw her pass away then uh, and then like you know like um, so obviously he didn't want to be there when they turned off the machines or whatever so I thought well you know I, I feel like I need to step up and be do it this time so I stood there with my dad and my uh, my aunts originally left but they come back um, who are my mum's sisters uh, and then, like, we all just said, like, you know, goodbye, really. And then they just put us in this little room. And then, uh, yeah, and then we just kind of listened to Queen on the way home. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just a heartbreaking fact of life that everyone sort of has to go through. But like I say, with, with guys like you and Doug um, and even Jason, you know, me and Jason have an, have an outrageously terrible sense of humor we say the most horrible things to each other all the time yeah. at the most inappropriate times um but, i mean obviously he was he was great through that and yeah exactly watching someone pass away like that is hard especially someone that you, that you love and you care about mm. um but i get exactly what you mean there was a lot of stuff to do um in caring for him in those last days and you feel like you have to be there like i i personally felt like you know I want to be there yeah. when it happens as morbid and as horrible as it is. You're like, it's a weird, like I want to be there for him. Hmm. You know, that, that sort of thing. You, you felt like you owed it to, you wanted to be there with your mum, you know, even yeah. like Pete heavily sedated and, and, and your mum the same. You're not having a conversation with them. They're not yeah. necessarily there, but um, you want to be there. Yeah. Like I remember like, cause it, it was weird because they, um, they did some tests like for three days straight on her. And then, like, um, like, the family would come down, like, um, there was a car with, like, my uncle, um, and then, like, four of my cousins, and they all come down, like, said goodbye or whatever. Uh, and then, like, um, my uncle, Steve, uh, he was actually in Spain at the time, and he was trying to get a flight back like that, but couldn't get one. So he had to call her and basically say goodbye over the phone. And then, like... Yeah, um, horrible. Yeah, you know, obviously, like, um, it was so surreal, like, and then like it was um it just it was weird because like the other day like you could have turned the machines off like on the first day but the fact of the matter is obviously because she was obviously still functioning like I, I don't you know I'm not really uh right I'm not religious or anything I'm like I'm kind of agnostic I'm some oh, I'm all about seeing is believing you know but um, it kind of gave you a bit of hope that you know like you know at the end of the day like she was kind of still there and she was like you know trying to fight it off but at the same time you know um, it didn't work out so you know it's a bit, bit of a weird situation really yeah 
yeah but it's uh, it really is hard and for anyone out there who's like going through it i mean i'm, I'm not the sort of geezer who, who talks about feelings very often or whatever but during that whole thing i was like i need i need to you need to talk about this stuff because you feel so much better when you do so anyone out there who has to go through anything like that please just just like reach out yeah to people and speak to speak to people not it doesn't have to be people that have gone through it i mean i was just i mean for want of a better word i was just lucky that, that i had you around who had gone through something so horrible so recently as well so yeah. i could i could speak to someone who i knew knew the frame of mind and the pain that that, uh, that goes along with it at the time. So yeah, it was a horrible time coming up to a year since his uh, passing. But I mean, I think about him every day, and it's bound to it's bound to do that. And I was just speaking to you today. I've got super into the pokes, yeah. <laughs> um, and it would be I would I went to my mum's after work today to grab some some bits, um, and that would have been the situation where I'd have pulled up and been like, Pete, I've been listening to the pokes and he would sit me down and be like, well, boy, I'll tell you a few things about the pokes. And he'd probably chew my ear off. Cause and every time he told a story, it'd be super slow and just wanting him to get to the point. And <laughs> he'd pro- and it'd repeat himself. But I mean, what I wouldn't give to hear his, um, to hear his thoughts on, on the pokes or, or whatever now. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we can't. Did you ever go through this the time where, like, um, like you know, because obviously you don't live with your mum, but like, you know, I'd go home on lunch breaks from work, and I'd just, you know, like suspect, you know, just, you know, just um, my brain would be telling me, oh yeah, she's gonna be lying on that sofa, like watching or asleep during bloody doctors at one forty-five on BBC One. Uh, you know, you yeah. just kind of had like that feeling that you know, oh yeah, like I even spoke to Janine recently, and Janine lost her husband Andy. Uh, and she said, like, I feel like he's just going to be back in my life one day. He's just going to, like, you know, be walking and be like, you right, how you been? But, you know, then, like, you just have to come, it's just, you know, come into terms with the fact that, you know, you're not going to see this person again. And it's just, it's, you know, you sit there, it's, like, heartbreaking, but... Yeah, it's killer, and it really is part of the, the, the real hardcore grief, because I, I would do that. Like I said, I didn't live with my mum... Um, I lived around the corner, but I mean, obviously, the whole thing brought us together a lot more. We were we didn't want my mum to feel alone. Yeah. You know, she she always had Pete to lean on and and all sorts. So I was really conscious of that. So spent a lot more a lot more time with my mum. Mm. Um, since since then, even like you know, while he was ill as well, we wanted him to know that we had my mum's back, even though it was it was obvious that we would have. Mm. But yeah, you're exactly right. I would be like, I'm going to go around and see my mum and Pete. Oh. I'm going to go around and see my mum or just little things like buy some, buy some new tools. And you're like, well, oh, Pete would be interested in, oh, right. And that process takes so long to get out of your head. But like I say, I had it today, listening to the pogues. And I was like, oh, I bet Pete would, I bet Pete listened to these. I'll, uh, I'll speak to him. Oh yeah. Obviously I'm, I'm not going to speak to him hmm. about it. Well, I did have one thing I, I would mention. I had a dream once. Hmm. Uh, and is it, people out there i am like the biggest skeptic out there i don't believe in afterlife god anything like that not at all uh but i had a dream a few months after he passed where i walked into um he was just like in the dream he was like shuffling around in this caravan just sorting some bits out and we sat down and we had this weird conversation about as if like 
someone had said to me, you can speak to Pete for five minutes. Um, he would like, he wants to talk to you. So he talked to me and he was like, come in and sit down. And he was like, how's your mum doing? And I was like, yeah, well, she's, you know, she's struggling or whatever, but she's, she's getting on as, as best she can. And, you know, his youngest son, Dave, um, who's, you know, he's basically my brother. Um, you know, how's Dave doing? I was like, well, I'm a bit worried about Dave. He's obviously, he's taking it, taking it kind of hard. And we had this conversation and like, I woke up in the morning and I was like, I felt like I'd actually seen him. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I just had this fucking conversation with Pete. And obviously me being the biggest skeptic and not, I, it blew my mind. I was like, wow, I, I never, but I, I still don't really, but like, hmm. it gave me the weirdest, weirdest feeling. Like the, um, some people can do that. They can, I, I don't know what it is, but they can like open up kind of, to the I don't know if it's the spirit world or whatever, but like, I remember uh, like my my dad he reckons that he saw my mum once like you know and said everything's gonna be all right or something like that. But my mum was really really weird. Like she had this thing where like she 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 she'd have these dreams. And I remember like once um, my mum's best friend at the time, Angie, uh, basically um, her, like she had a dream where like her mum was just there on like uh, like the beach and like. Dorset or something like that, wherever she lives, just kicking the sand and like she was like um like um dressed up and she said uh, I'm you know I'm going now can you tell Angie everything's gonna be fine and like just things like that and then next thing you know like in the morning my mum gets a call from Angie saying my mum's passed away and my mum's there like oh. yeah <laughs> my mum's there like you know for think like you know she gave it like a few months or something like that afterwards and said like um. You know, um, uh, you know when you said your mum died. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I had a vision of her. She said, you know, tell you know you that you know you're gonna be fine and things like that. And no word of a lie, my mum described everything that she was wearing down to a tee. Yeah, that, I mean that sort of stuff is just mental and yeah. unexplainable. So I say I am a big skeptic, but who knows? Mm. Yeah. Like, is there like you know my brother and uh, my nan were saying about recently doing like a Ouija board and I was like nope you keep that away from me I ain't going near that <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen movies you know <laughs> I've had yeah, these I don't, need, I don't need that yeah so they're like nope. so I think one day I think they they're gonna you know probably try and do that but I'll be like, like nope I'm staying out of this one see you later guys <laughs> yeah yeah quite good um, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you got like me and you. We, we we're uh, we're both brothers in this. We have a like a touch and tribute tattoo to uh, our uh, our lost ones. Yep. Yep. Uh, my mine's uh, Winnie the Pooh. The story behind it is basically uh, we went to Disney World Florida and they were like you know temporary tattoos you could buy out there. My mum had Winnie the Pooh on her arm and she was bragging about it to everyone and things like that. So happy about it. So that's why I now have a uh, picture of Winnie the Pooh with her initials underneath and the, the years that she was alive and passed. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful tribute. I mean, <laughs> um, it's got a proper story behind it. That's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to get a tattoo for Pete, but I, I didn't know what to do. And he used to tell this god-awful joke. Um, and I'll tell it, but it's so bad. I think I've told you it before. So um, he used to say, there's a family of balloons and uh, Daddy Balloon and Mummy Balloon are trying to teach Baby Balloon how to sleep in his own bed um, and uh, not disturb him in the night. 
so uh, they put him in his own bed and they go to they go to sleep themselves and baby blue wakes up in the middle of the night and he's he's not having it he wants to get in his parents bed so he tries to get in there but he just he can't he doesn't quite fit so uh he lets a bit of air out of daddy bloom and then he tries to get in tries to shimmy his way in doesn't quite work so he lets a bit of air out of uh mummy bloom and then he again he tries to get in and shimmy himself in and he he can't quite get in um so he lets a bit of air out of himself and then he shimmies his way in and he gets in falls asleep so he spends the rest of the night in the bed Anyway, wakes up in the morning and Daddy Bloom is absolutely fuming with him because he's like, what the hell? We're trying to teach you to sleep in your own bed. This is not on. And then he just kind of turns to, to Baby Bloom and says, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. You've let me down. You've let your mum down. But worst of all, you've let yourself down. <laughs> um, and But when, when Pete was telling it, he, he'd be creasing up before punchline it's outrageous he, he just couldn't get the, the punchline out so the, the tattoo I actually got was I've got mummy balloon daddy balloon, daddy balloon and uh, a little crying baby balloon um, and it says worst of all you let yourself down <laughs> Man, that's, a, that's a funny joke <laughs> right. oh it's terrible Terrible. He used to tell another one as well, which I heard on another program as well, that said a, a bear walks into a sandwich shop and says, I'll have a grilled cheese. And the guy says, why the big paws? And he goes, I'm a bear. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I'm a bear. Terrible. Oh, man. <laughs> um, like... Just dad jokes in general are amazing, aren't they? Like you know, uh, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I don't know. But they're, they're the, the older I get, the older I get, the better the dad jokes get. Yeah. I love it. My brother loves a good dad joke now, and he's just had his second kid. <laughs> um, so I think they really do. There's something happens when you when you have a child, which just means that you're you're down with those um, with those jokes. <laughs> I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what though, me and you, we were both co-op boys before we knew each other. Obviously, you know, I, I, yeah. was, a, I was a Summerfields in Brentwood and you were obviously the, uh, were you Molsham Street? Uh, no, I was Talky Road. I was Talky Road in uh, in Springfield. Uh, I obviously left in disgrace. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, 17 or whatever at the time, maybe. Yeah. And... Uh, I was working in the co-op and then what do you do when, when you're young and your mates come into the co-op, you start giving them all of their items for 5p or whatever, reducing everything. <laughs> uh, so I used to do that. And then um, one day I was just coming, walking back from town um, and I just minding my own business. I was with Brad Hughes, who we mentioned earlier. Yep. Uh, and a car, a police car pulls up like, in front of me and just says, are you Jack Wilkie? And I'm like, uh, yeah. You've got to come with us. Um, and I was arrested for theft um, for this reducing items. I mean, the worst thing is, I mean, we, used to, we were stealing like booze and fags and they never really found out about that. They just found out about these little, um, <laughs> these little reductions that, that God's done in. Five people. Uh, I, also had some, I, I also had some weed in my pocket that day as well. Oh, so, yeah. um, <laughs> And it was like in my top pocket, like up uh, on my chest. And yeah. then, so when I remember trying to say to Brad, like, take my jacket, 
sort of thing while we were thinking but he was being an idiot and he was trying to and he basically didn't cart on so I ended up getting in the police car and I've still got this in my pocket then they drop us off we go back to they have to go to my mum's and search my house because um, they're looking for like stolen goods or whatever from, from the co-op so they take us back to my house and my mum's obviously horrified because I brought the police back and I'm seemingly under arrest and all sorts and uh, then they take us down to the station um, and put us in cells. There's a few parts to this story. So then uh, they I'm, I've still got this stuff in my pocket and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm going to get busted here. Uh, this is about to get made so much worse. And then they went to search me and he goes, right, so arms out. So just because it was in this sort of pocket, I just, like an idiot, I put my arms forward because I was like, they won't, then they won't feel it or whatever. And they didn't actually do anything. He searched me and he didn't feel it. So then I go up to the counter and they go, right, put everything, like you have to take your shoelaces off and your belt and everything and put it all in this little evidence bag. So I do all that, I take that off, put it in there, take my jacket off as quickly as I can and I ram it in the evidence bag. And I'm like, I don't think I got away with it, but at least it didn't get found there. Then they put me in the cell or whatever, and I'm in there for ages. Like, and I see some of the other people because all a few of us got arrested at once. Uh, the reason the police car stopped and pulled us over, by the way, is because one of my mates who I went to with the car was in the car, and he goes, "That's him. That's him on the side of the road there." <laughs> so he dogged me in then and there. So yeah, to this day, fuck you, Richard Weeks. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so they all my sort of other mates who I'm with, they they leave, they go. Uh, I'm seeing them come out of their cells because what's there to do when you're in a cell? Just look out the little window. Yeah. So I see all them leave and I'm like, oh, well, they've obviously found that weed and I'm going to get fucked for that or whatever. But then um, they open the door to my cell and they get me to go to the, the like counter pit where, where, where the, 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 the big cheese is or whatever. Yeah. And he goes to me, um, yeah, so obviously you, you've been silly and, uh, you know, what are you? And I'm like, what? He goes, what are you? And I go, what's this guy talking about? And he goes, you're a dickhead, aren't you? And I'm like a little snot-nosed kid, but I'm not taking that shit from this geezer. <laughs> so he's just like, say it. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> so I just sit there and he's like, do you want to you want to go back in the cell? And I'm like, whatever. Just like sh- shrugging, shrugging my shoulders. Just like, I'm not getting into geezer because... Police are obviously necessary and all sorts, but there are police out there who are dicks. Um, so I was just like, no, I'm, I'm not having this. I don't have to say this to this guy. Mm. Why would I do that? So they put me back in the cell and they left me in there for ages and then took me back out again later. And he's like, so why? Again, just no, nothing. And then like another hour passes or whatever. And then they're like, we can't really hold this kid anymore. So they, they eventually let me go. But I didn't give that guy the satisfaction of being like, yeah, no, I'm a dickhead. Like, no, <laughs> if you if you need to like pad your ego by like bullying a 17-year-old kid who's made a, with the most ridiculous of mistakes yeah. and stupid crimes, um, then you're a dick and you don't deserve it. So to this day, I, I should have got, should have got his name. If I'd have been a bit older, I'd have got his name, name and badge number. But if you're out there, Mr. Police officer, go fuck yourself. And I hope you fall down a hole and die. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> 
It just sounds crazy, like how, you know, like you said, like a police officer, you know, you, or, or someone who's on duty, you know, abiding by the law is basically making you say you're a dickhead. It's like, mate, really? <laughs> to a to a kid, like a 17-year-old kid, yeah. like, like, really? <laughs> what, is, what is your problem? Uh, yeah, he was obviously just uh, some some sort of jumped up uh, power trip kind of police officer dude. Yeah. So, yeah, to this day, that guy can go fuck himself. <laughs> I take it they didn't find your weed now. No, never found it. Gave me um, <laughs> gave me the the evidence bag back, and they were they were like, you can go. Normally, most people will take the stuff out of the bag, put the belt on put your shoelaces and stuff in your shoes and then leave I just grab it and run out the door <laughs> I'm just like fuck this and I just grab my stuff and just get out of there um, so yeah I never actually got caught with, it, with that which is uh, hilarious that's amazing just reminds me of one of my mates uh, one of my mates um, we went to we went on holiday once and uh, he went through security customs and like, he had the uh, what's it called like a little zip in his belt and um, somehow he managed to get some booger sugar through uh, through customs without being caught as well. So <laughs> it was a fate that it was just funny when he said like, "Oh shit, was, what? I've got something. I've got some on me." I was like, like "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> yeah. Well, on the way back from Vegas, um, I'd like while we're in Vegas, like weed's obviously legal, but mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be able to smoke it outside the, the, the rules are really weird so there's nowhere to smoke it but you can legally buy it so it's just stop tourists from doing it I think and turning it into like an Amsterdam type place but yeah. I bought some like gummy edibles yeah and uh, they were completely killer so like one the first time I ate one was walking through Vegas and I was just like unbelievably high for like <laughs> hours because so, sometimes you can get them and like one of them they, they can be fine but then the next one you take could be an absolute killer yeah. um, so I was like I obviously got one of the deaf ones and I was like <laughs> in a different dimension for a few hours but anyway when we got to the airport to go on the way back I was like I have one last check in my bag just to make sure I haven't got any weed left or any of these edibles left mm. in my bag and good job I checked because I opened it up and there's a pack that I bought that had like two left in it yeah and I was like, oh, shit. So I turned to some of the other guys in the group who who like to smoke weed or whatever, and I was like, does anyone want one of these edibles? Because, I, I, well, to be honest, I don't really want one, let alone two. Um, and then everyone was like, no, 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 I'm good. Uh, so I was like, well, for fuck's sake, I'm not going to throw them away because that is against the rules of humanity. Mm. So I just ate both of them. Um and then I was talking to some Canadian woman actually in the queue and they obviously take a bit of time to work and then all of a sudden I'm just like my world starts caving in and I'm super high and she's talking to me about going to visit her son and I'm forgetting what she's saying and she's asking me where I'm from and I can barely answer and oh, I was hell <laughs> man uh, it does crack me up when you, you sit there just like talking to other tourists like I tell you when I went to Chicago I got like a uh, pretty drunk in like the succession of three hours ago like a like, uh, six hour overlay or whatever it was and then next you know I'm sitting next to this American woman on the plane on the on the way to uh, Columbus and uh, I went do you fancy a game of Scrabble I'm <laughs> 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 sitting there playing Scrabble again about UK versus USA I'm going to win like the only person from the UK on this plane as well I want to throw in there and uh, 
<laughs> I'm just sitting there playing Scrabble on the iPad with this lady. It was amazing. I'm pretty sure I pulled her, but uh same time I was a taken man at the time, so I was there like, nah, can't really do that. Like, only you only you could get away with that, man. Yeah, she went like, Do you need a ride to your friend's house? I was like, No, no, he's come pick me up. But I was here, oh man. <laughs> Ask you if you need a lift. Yeah. Like if I said to someone on a plane, like, do you want to play Scrabble? She'd be like, fuck you, get away from me. Like, so I mean, you've just got that friendly vibe. I'm obviously just too much of an arsehole. People like, get this guy away from me. <laughs> man, it's funny. Tell, tell us about your love for the, uh, the Marvel character Vision. Vision's my boy. Um, <laughs> so those of you that keep up with the MCU, uh, I was late to the party um, and I just sort of decided to watch them. And I watched, I got up to, like, I watched Age of, Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. where obviously Vision's a beast in Age of Ultron. So, and then Doug, uh, around that time, asked me, who's your sort of favourite Marvel character at the moment? And I didn't want to go for the usual, like, Iron Man, like, you know, uh, whatever people want to say Thor you know anyone like that I was like do you know what I really like Vision he's a gangster and obviously not knowing that he basically turns out to be a complete cuck by the end of it um, but I've stuck to my guns and just been like no nah, Vision is the boy so don't you dare speak ill of my man um, I still put it out there that he is better than Thanos because you know Thanos dies twice mm. so well you got to remember as well with, uh, with Vision his, his... His uh, his his older girl, older Scarlet Witch, you know, was about to kill Thanos single handedly, you know, uh, in in, in yeah. Endgame as well. And then, uh, but but uh, like I say, you know, <laughs> I just love that part where he goes, "You took everything from me." He just goes, "I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I don't even know who you are." <laughs> like you know, me and you have that 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 thing where we we just sit there watching to catch a predator because we get amused by these these like you know really really desperate men trying to. Uh, and I remember there was a guy on it, and uh, I uh, I took a sound clip of like him going like, I don't even know who you are, and put it side by side with Thanos, like <laughs> in the yeah. video. But <laughs> do, do you remember the time me and you, uh, you come and saw me playing Basildon, and then like we had a couple of pints, and on the way back we had to stop and like you know at the side of the road to have a piss on the motorway. I don't, but. Enlighten me. We we so basically we you know I played the beehive and we uh, uh you had a couple of ales yes. I had a few strongbows and then on the way back we're both going I'm dying for a piss and we got like to this like lay by and we just jumped out and there's a picture of us two just going like <laughs> having a piss yeah. on the side of the road tag team pissing mm. yeah I do remember that now <laughs> well what was like. What's the story with uh, you and like the one of the first days of your your uh, your painting and decorating jobs and you 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 trust you tried to impress someone by drawing a massive cock and balls on the wall. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I drew cock and balls on the wall, um, and it turns out that like when you decorate, you have to do everything in sort of one flow. Um, Otherwise, that'll essentially go over the top as a, another coat. And they were like, yeah, you better hope that that doesn't show through. Because like, it's obviously going to be like another coat, so it's going to be more pronounced than the rest of it. So mm. you'll see the, the cock and balls underneath it. Um, 
But yeah, it's just going back to me just liking drawing cocks. It's something I haven't really done for a while. I did um, get some chalks in my. Do you remember the garage in my old uh, place yeah, yeah. in Chelmsford Village? And I was just drawing. I used to just draw cocks on the wall. Um, and, with, and then my mate Brad did, drew a picture of like Donald Trump getting fucked by a dog. Um, <laughs> and there was a picture of like we we did Joe, who was one of my old housemates, getting knocked out by a giant penis wearing boxing gloves. Uh, I mean, that's just the sort of weird shit that used to go down in, in that place. Uh, so my love of drawing cocks has never really faded. I just go in my head now, poor Joe, when uh, he knocked that guy out when we uh, we went, we say, like, he, he stopped the fight, let's just say, like, you know, he, he had a boxing match for charity. And uh, <laughs> next thing you know, this guy's fighting, like, in aid of his dad who's passed away, old Big Bob. And they're like, uh, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe's basically like not the guy out or whatever and we're standing there afterwards and Joe's standing in the ring for about 20 minutes while they like uh, while this guy stands up and they're like no lie back down mate we're going to get a stretcher for you and he gets stretched out and then like we went to the pub afterwards and he come along like oh fuck's sake Joe you always have to take things too far <laughs> yeah Joe why'd you have to nearly kill that guy <laughs> yeah that, that was when Joe became Joeberg wasn't it yeah. like a 30 second squash match that guy had no business being in a boxing ring he just like he put his hands up a little bit and Joe peppered him slightly and he just went down and yeah that was when Joe became Joeberg for the squash match what was it oh 2-0 and o Joe yeah, wasn't it, it? It was like when, whenever Doug, because Doug did it as well, like he'd, get, he'd come back and we'd all be like lauding his efforts for his training and all sorts over all this time. But like when Joe come back, it was just like, fuck's sake, Joe. Like, why'd you have to go and nearly kill a guy? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It, it was quite out of order by Joe, you know, in all fairness, you never. Know, 2-0 and o Joe, I love that nickname. <laughs> yeah, well, he's 3-0 and o Joe, isn't he, now, I think. Yeah. And, and now, he's, now he's retired, like, like Floyd Mayweather, undefeated. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the, it's the fight we all want to see, isn't it? Mayweather versus uh, Joe. I reckon Joe could take yeah. it. Yeah, I, I want to see Joe versus Doug. That's, that's, I've been trying to promote that fight for, for too long, but uh, to be honest, I think Joe's running from that fight. He's uh, he's scared to lose his streak. I just, I, just uh, I love the fact that, you know, the first time we saw Doug fight, uh, he come out to Iron Man by uh, Black Sabbath, and he just looked like the whole real deal, like literally, and... Uh, Bald, you know, see this bald fella come out, you know, poor Doug probably can't see because he has to wear glasses anyway. But, uh, so, you know, like, <laughs> and uh, all you hear is just us going, da, 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 da. and, like, you know, people yeah, got behind him. Stop. And, uh, yeah, and then he, uh, I think he, he, uh, did he stop the fight in that one? I can't remember because I was blasted that yeah. night as well, but, um, I'm pretty sure yeah, I, think, he did. Yeah, I think that was the one he. I think that was the one that you won, but yeah, you're right. We started chanting that, like me, you, and Bossman, and a few other things. And like other people that didn't know Doug were chanting along with with yeah. all that, because uh, you had us on one side, then you had Doug's family on the other, and then you had like so his his mum and dad, Kevin Sheila, they're like getting on board of it. <laughs> eventually, we're getting the whole place chanting Iron Man, and then Doug comes in and crushes the guy's soul. Yeah, that was a funny day. That was. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, I think Doug's had three or four fights. Yeah, I think he's had four fights now. And he's two and two, isn't he? Uh, one of them. I don't know. I... One of them. We weren't there because we had we were at yours having a barbecue because he took like a last minute fight or something, didn't he? And uh, yeah, and there was one amateur we... like without headguards. Yeah, 
Um, I wasn't at the one in Brentwood because of uh, I was uh, I think I was in the states. So I said to Doug, like, I think I might be your good luck charm because every time I've seen you fight, you've won. <laughs> yeah, you would remember better what his record was than I, than I was. But, uh, I think I was at, uh, I think I was at three, maybe. Because hmm. he got really unlucky because I know in one of the fights where he did actually lose, he'd come up against someone really, really good, like a real athletic guy as well. And he would like more than held his own. In fact, he should have won that. The thing is with some of these charity boxing things is that they do try and make it so that the two gyms are sort of even to make it interesting and Mm. all this sort of stuff. So it was a case where that fight was was even and Doug could have won. I mean, obviously I'm slightly biased. I think he should have won it, but uh, it did go to the other guy. Yeah, we're team Doug all the way. So, you know, (laughs) he's got more balls than me. I, I, I don't think I'd ever, be able to be like you know, uh, you know there's people who've done it you know just like you know would box their friends you know for charity and things like that but like it's I'm sitting there like well if Callum asked me to go into a boxing match I'd say no because he'd kill me <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have the discipline to do the training to gain the cardio yeah. to make sure that I didn't die I'd, I'd uh, give them a hell of an entrance you know, I'd, I'd come out with some stupid song as my entrance, and then like stack it into the ring to make people laugh, and then I'll probably lose the fight yeah, within like so. ten seconds. You know, so uh... <laughs> yeah, I just I, I would not be able to do it. Plus, it takes some real balls to like step in there and have people throwing haymakers at each other. So, yeah. uh, big up to anyone that does it, and, and Doug uh, especially. I might, I might. Uh... I might see if Callum wants to do it now and, and recreate Rowdy Roddy Piper versus uh, Mr. T at WrestleMania 2 in the boxing match where Rowdy Roddy Piper just scoop slams him and, uh, <laughs> and gets disqualified. Yeah, I think that's against the boxing match rules, but you'd probably be able to get away with it. I'd, I'd rather see it with you two more like Roddy Piper versus Goldust. <laughs> All right, but Hollywood backlot brawl. <laughs> yeah, you pull up in a gold Cadillac and stuff and then one of you pulls off the, uh, the attire of the other one. You've got women's underwear underneath. That'd be better. <laughs> We, uh, what's it next year is uh, my 30th we're planning on doing like how we, uh, we did with Sam's where we all dress up as wrestlers again um, and then I'm going to buy like a fake 24-7 title or you know hardcore title and then like rules are in play all night so basically you have to get a referee uh, and a cameraman so like literally every time someone you have to like you know literally have to lose the title every time you either get pinned or submitted um, like you have to commit like that's that's the rules uh, so uh, yeah the fact and then, uh, so the fact that we were doing that at Sam's party yeah. um, at 30 years old or whatever speaks a lot about um, how ridiculous we actually are as people. But oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was fun. <laughs> I think we're fun, you know. Like, you know, it's like when you when you meet someone like, you know, you just up themselves, you say that, like, well, you're no fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, sometimes I behave like a child. It's, it's, it's part of the fun. Mm. Human nature, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> yeah. Like, um... So uh, at the moment I'm debating to become uh, either uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan or the Berserker. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think you should go Hacksaw all the way. Yeah. Right. Literally, uh, I think the, the uh, rule is every time I go, yeah, every time I do a ho, you know, like uh, a ho, everybody has to drink. <laughs> oh yeah, you destroy people like that mm. because you know you'd have people like Callum and Macca and. Me and Doug and that, who would fully commit to that and be like, oh, okay, we've got to keep drinking every time Matt fucking does this. We'd end up hating you by the end of the night, but uh, we'd do it. Yeah. Uh, like, 
Like, what was the other thing I was going Yeah, I want Hatch. Well, uh, I'm going to try and buy a morph suit for him and then, like, cut the head off of it. And then I'm going to get, like, um, someone to, uh, like, spray paint uh, a load of muscles on it and he has to come as Giant Gonzalez because he's small. Oh, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Little Gonzalez. Yep. <laughs> I reckon it'd just be, like, you know, not the funniest thing ever because uh, an eight-foot man was actually just four foot. But... <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll spray paint the... Um... Six pack and everything on him as well. Yeah, I mean, he needs to have like the hairy face and everything. Yeah, like I buy him like I said, I saw him out the outfit, but I think you know, uh, due to the fact I said about you know, well, there's a mod wrestler called Flash Morgan Webster. He's like, can't I just come as him? No, right? I'm only thirty once. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's not allowed to come as that anyway because if he comes as Flash Morgan Webster, I won't come. Yeah, (laughs) you heard the first hatch, you little bitch. uh, Yeah, I don't. I don't like Flash Morgan Webster. He can. He can get in the bin. (laughs) Man, like I always just remember them. Them wrestling, like them progress shows we went to, and like we. I think we offended quite a lot of people. Oh yeah, like I mean, let's face it. It's not hard to offend a progress crowd. So for non non wrestling fans out there. Progress shows are the crowds are quite liberal, um, and they think of like these hardcore extreme leftists. Um, I mean, before sort of the George Floyd controversy and stuff, the the term social justice warrior was more for these like blue haired types that uh, get offended by just about anything, um, and that's you get a lot of those in the in in the crowd. And we part of the fun of wrestling shows is the banner like from the mm. from the crowd and getting pissed and chanting random stuff and it, it's it's definitely part of the fun so we would go there and we would start chanting these random things and people would get offended about pretty much everything it's part of the reason why the fun died within sort of going to those shows yeah but yeah you would um I remember Macca offending someone as well, and then they said something to him, and he just went, "Oh fuck off." <laughs> Macca, when you get a couple of, he's the most quietest boy in the world. Then, then you get like a couple of beers in him. Then, then he's like, literally, you don't want to mess with him. <laughs> he will literally he's a, talk he's hilarious. <laughs> he's literally one of the funniest people I've been ever met. Like, well, what, 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 what? he really is. <laughs> What <laughs> did he was just there for one show, just like shout out, sit on him or something? Oh yeah, we, we, it was like big. It was a big guy match, you know. So there was some some big dudes wrestling, and he was just going, sit on him, come on, sit on him, because we were just we were tanked. I think it was a time where like there was a spare ticket or something, mm. so Macca ended up coming. Um, I think it was just me and him. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah, he was just he was just trying to just shout and sit on him throughout the whole match, and it really just started to piss people off. <laughs> and then because it started to piss people off, he starts doing it more, and then he's doing it in matches where it doesn't even make sense. So not even with big guys, he's just like, "Come on, sit on him! If you sit on him, it'll be over. Sit on him!" And people are just like, "Oh my god, can you shut this guy up?" And I'm obviously finding it funnier because people are getting annoyed. It's just. It's just hilarious, but yeah, that place like, like I say, we touched on it on the episode where Sam was on, like him talking about Mark Andrews' penis during uh, <laughs> yeah. his match with with Matt Riddle, or whatever. And then like, that night, like later on the old Progress Forum, people were like, 
who was the dude who was just talking about Mark, uh, it was Mark Haskins sorry wasn't it Mark Haskins penis like what is wrong with that guy like what is it it's like come on guys it's a fucking joke like <laughs> it was just how committed he was as soon as he saw Vicky Haskins he was like who the hell is that and he was like that's, that's his wife Vicky Haskins he was like Haskins you have a tiny penis <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he just insisted on keep shouting it just yeah. didn't stop <laughs> man it was so funny like one, one of my favourite I mean it, go on it just in all seriousness like we, we moan about what, what happened with, with progress and the crowds there but I did see we saw some outrageously good pro wrestling at those shows as oh, well yeah. um, like the like, you know, Walter and Timo Thatcher being sat front row for that and just watching those two beat the living hell out of each other. Over there. So it wasn't all bad. But what was you going to say? It sounded like you had another progress story. No, it's, uh, we, we went to a um, frontline show, uh, Will Ospreay's um, promotion. And um, I remember uh, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, Rampage Browns fighting this Japanese fella. And the Japanese fella's agent has come over as well. And like he, he's done like you know this guy's chant or whatever, and I've just gone, brown, 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 let's go rampage, let's go rampage, and then rampage brown, just <laughs> everyone's burst out laughing. Even rampage Jackson's just laughed, and he's just gone like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, well, you had a knack for that. You would just get, and you you would you you'd, you'd know what chant to get going, and you'd get it going straight away. Yeah. But obviously, you you touched on it with with Callum, wasn't it? At the or maybe Sam was it when he talked about the Seamus and Cesaro chant yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in in Orlando and stuff like that. I mean, that was mind blowing because uh, you to see that spread through that arena was just unreal to just be like oh my god the, the guy sitting next to me started that and there's like 15,000 people joining it <laughs> yeah uh, like, another, I remember like like we're kind of touching on the, you know, the people get offended easy one I, I, I was, it was Rob Sharp versus the OGMO where his name is uh, and I've just got like, Rob Sharp's hit a beautiful Larry I've gone Larry and I've offended this guy next to me going or oh, whatever, mate. You know, it's good to know that you know the moves, mate. And say like, what the hell did I do? <laughs> yeah, just like it's part of part of wrestling is the fan interaction and the shouting out and like they the wrestlers want reactions as well. Like, mm. And the, any reaction is a good reaction. I get that there is over heckling or doing whatever, but ninety percent of the time it's all just fun and games. Like. Sorry if you want to sit there in silence and enjoy the match, but mm. that's like if you want to do that, fuck off to Japan because like that's what they do in Japan. Mm. You know, it's all about watching the wrestling and observing it that way. But especially not in a UK crowd, like you bonkers. Like you'll hear wrestlers everywhere being like, "I like wrestling in the UK and Europe because the crowds are hot." Yeah. So, <laughs> like, don't be offended if you've got a problem. Fuck off to the other side of the world in Japan. At least you'll be away from me. Uh, there's always the one that makes me laugh is that time we went to that Southside show in um, uh, in Kent, the one where you upset Will Osprey uh, by just basically saying, "Oh, it's the first time I've seen you live, mate," or whatever. But it was the fact that when um, Sammy Callahan was like leaving his match, or whatever, you just heard Adam Matka say in the background, "I hate you." <laughs> It was the vitriol within his voice. It wasn't just like, I hate you, Sammy Hallahan. It was like, I hate you. I hate you. He proper <laughs> went in on him. Uh, but that's when Adam Mack is hilarious because, like, in that, 
in that moment he 100 percent means it and it's just so funny <laughs> Oh, some stories are so funny like, <laughs> it's cause, like if you went to school with him I didn't but like imagine if you went to school with him like well Adam Mack did that <laughs> you know because he's just such a quiet kid isn't he like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of time for him I can't wait to have him on here do an episode <laughs> oh just like get, get him drunk first mm. like make sure you have a few beers because he he's funny sober because I mean I play a lot of Destiny and now on PlayStation with Maca like big 10 12 hour sessions and all that mm. and he's hilarious but he is like a next level hilarious once he's had a few beers he is unstoppable yeah Man. so make sure you get a few brews in him <laughs> I've got I've got like yeah, um... he's getting it I've got a few people lined up already for uh, the next, uh, like, you know, a few days, and obviously I'll be putting them out, like, obviously I do, I'm trying to do Fridays and Sundays uh, when I put a new podcast up, uh, but, like, uh, we need to have a word with him, see which days he's free, and I'll, I'll make sure to have him on for sure, like, maybe, like, a Saturday evening, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we could always do like you know uh, get you know all of us me you Callum Doug and uh, Macca do a uh, what's it the Orlando reunion yeah yeah we did say we need to do an Orlando reunion podcast mm. and then we it can just turn into stories from us sort of hanging out because the like I say I, I forgot half of these bloody stories but once you get going um, they are hilarious that some of the guys in this group I mean Sam as well. Sam's hilarious. Schofield, Schofield's hilarious. Just some of the some of the stuff we've done. I mean, it's weird that we've. I, I, I definitely, I've, like you say, my group of friends are very welcoming. You said I'd say that about you guys as well. And mm. you guys, you Callum and and Macca and all those guys, I, I consider you guys just as close of friends as I do my friends I've been with all the way through school. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's. I, I'm more likely to confide in you guys about, you know, especially stuff we spoke about earlier with Pete. I'm more likely to confide in like you than I am mm. my mates on that side, and that speaks to to the sort of relationship we've had with with you guys, and just from being stupid and they say pro wrestling boys together, and now basketball and sports with with Callum and such. And mm. I mean, we don't we're not even going to shows or anything, but I mean, we'll we'll always be uh, you'll always be my boy. Course, yeah. um, just through through stupid pro wrestling, basically. <laughs> no, um... I watched a match. I've got um, I've I've, I've got a, a girlfriend now as well. And she's lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other day there was I, I'm not really like I said basketball's overtaken my my thing. I've not really been that into wrestling. I also there's a joke to be had there with the fact that I stopped watching wrestling and then I got a girlfriend like pretty much straight away. <laughs> uh, but we won't go there. Um, <laughs> But then everyone said, you've got to watch the Finn Balkyle Riley match from the other week. It was really good. So I sat down to watch it with her, and she watched it with me. Um, <laughs> and the match finished, and I was like, well, that's your sort of first taste in progress. And she goes, yeah, yeah, it's good. Definitely something that you can watch by yourself. Um, but, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I do like it when you try and introduce them to like, you know, like when, when I was dating uh, my ex, wait, um, I always uh, like tried to convince her to watch a Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell. It's always the go-to match, you know. Like, <laughs> you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For a non-wrestling fan. Hmm. 
like because they just see their reaction to seem like you know obviously you know mankind getting thrown off the, the top of the cell going through it losing a tooth you know just a man going through a war by himself really you know <laughs> obviously the undertaker had a broken foot as well but yeah, it's a man just falling like, yeah. fifteen foot off of a off of a metal cell through a legit table, and like like you say, then falling through the cell, hitting the floor with the chair hitting his face, yeah. and the tooth coming out of his nose. Like, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> Are you got any other plans for the night, though? Uh, no, I knew I was going to be coming on here, so I equipped myself with some whiskey. Um, Actually, Callum bought me this whiskey, so uh, yeah, shout out to uh, to Callum. It's yeah. very nice. Um, so I knew I'd be pounding a few drinks. Um, I'm not working tomorrow. I'm actually at my girlfriend's now, so I will. Um, she's in the other room. So now that I'm sort of half uh, belligerently drunk, at some point I'll go in there and, and bother her, um, and probably get more drunk. She's probably been out there listening to my terrible stories anyway. Um, <laughs> But yeah, not much. Tomorrow I'm chilling out, uh, going around to uh, to see her parents. Probably watch the Spurs West Ham game. Her old man's a West Ham fan. Haven't met him yet, so uh, that'll <laughs> be good fun. Yeah. Oh man, that'll be well, good fun. Try and try and time it well. Hopefully Spurs get the result. Yeah. Isn't it Bale's return game tomorrow? Isn't it? Yeah. Well, they're saying that Bale's going to start, so uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, who have you got coming up, Matt? Who's on your list of, of guys for the pod? Well, um, I've got Tom Maguire, who used to go to the asylum quite a lot. I've got uh, Lawrence Crow, uh, my first girl yeah, coming Lawrence, up. Yeah, Lawrence, love that guy. Yep, he's a top boy, isn't he? You know, like, most energetic like musician I think I've ever met in my life. Um, yeah. I've got my first female guest coming on. I've got Emily uh, Grimes, uh, one of uh, part of Callum's crew, uh, like the rugby lot. Yeah. I've got uh, a guy called Sam Trowers. We did a few gigs together, uh, like in Basildon when we had the head culture club, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a few more people I think lined up. Just trying to think. David Farrington, he's kind of come on. Oh, Dave, yeah, yeah. that'd be good. <laughs> I just like I want to ask him about the origins of his character from Loose Trunks. You know, his a uh, his like you know just like you know sex pest Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the complete sex pest. I still find it funny that uh, I flick through like um, Instagram or whatever, and if there's like a picture of a female wrestler or whatever, I just like looking at the bottom to see who it's liked by, because like without fail, it'll be liked by David Farrington. Uh, it really does creep me up. I love that guy. I love him. He was like literally, he's like one of the dark horses of loose trunks because we like he's one of the guys we went in and we no one really like I didn't really know him at all. And then I come out just loving him, just thinking he's one of the funniest people I think I've ever met, and he hides it really well, you know. <laughs> he definitely does. Loose Trunks was great fun for a little while as well, mm. you know, like with the the sandwiches and the bad light. Uh, do say it on uh, the the episode with Sam, like Callum was definitely the dark horse mm. of that whole thing. He was hilarious, like the whole call, getting called up to the couch and like holding the microphone, and he was like, because we would just sit in the audience like when we weren't on on camera on set yeah. or anything so and i would just be in bits just laughing at Cam's crap um and at the time it was like i don't care if no one watches this product like it's just fun yeah you know like doing the rants getting getting told to go fuck myself by vince russo um 
fucking brilliant. It's just good fun. But this is the sort of thing that happens just hanging around with you guys. You get the most random shit happens, and it's all it's all just like carefree. Do you know what I mean? There's no like, oh, that's not cool or anything like that. It's just, it's just like, no, we have fun doing it. I know it's ridiculous, and if you don't like it, like fuck you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one one of my favourite stories ever is like the uh, one that basically almost ended loose trunks pretty early and it was the time where um uh, me and callum obviously we did our promo uh thing and um we said to sam oh yeah like we said to the guys yeah we're gonna do james ellsworth and uh carmella as the promo and then sam went no you're not doing that you're doing the whole women's revolution and he went out to <laughs> to, to lakeside with dave farrington and spent like a hundred quid on like things and we're sitting there like how did you do that? And we were going to Dave, like, how did he do it? He was like, he's, he's he literally, <laughs> that boy, we see something, we're like, yep, need that, need that. And you're sitting there like, uh, loads of people are like, dude, you can't go doing that. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you need to. Yeah, like, just come in. He's like, you all owe me money for this. And it's like, <laughs> no, Sam. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> Don't, we didn't need all of that. He's a good one. It laugh, wasn't like. even worth it. Like at the end of lockdown, we, me and him, like, we 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 have boot sale buddies. We'll go to like random boot sales and like look for things and like then like <laughs> he bought like a PS2, and, like ten games for like ten pounds, and then like a WWE book from this girl. Uh, she, I don't know, it was a, it was WWE. Guess who? Because <laughs> he buys things for the bar for like you know he's, he's planning on having his own wrestling themed bar and. uh He's uh, <laughs> it's just how like I just love his like you know his confidence. He goes, here you go. Is she goes, uh, you can have a pound. He goes, here you go, love. Here's two pounds. Treat yourself to a coffee. Cheers, <laughs> like, Sam. How, how do you do it? He is uh, hilarious. That guy. Like I so, say, I mean, like I a lot of the opinions and stuff we that Sam has about wrestling, we often disagree on. But like that does not speak to the fact that I don't like the guy at all. I absolutely love Sam. He is a treasure. Um, he is, like you say, his wit and his sense of humour is just outrageous. Like there's no one more fun to like pound beers and go to a wrestling show with than Sam. Um, dude is fucking hilarious and uh, it was really interesting to hear his story especially about that geezer jacking off in the sex shop and stuff like that which he never I never heard that that sort of stuff I didn't know I also didn't know his brother had a massive dick and given my obsession with drawing them maybe I could do like a, a drawing of it one day like um, like Jack from Titanic with Rose <laughs> what was the episode of the Simpsons where Marge has to paint Mr. Burns you'll do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could do that with with Ollie's cock. I'm assuming he was talking about Ollie. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think you know, and like to end this show, so you can go see your girlfriend. We we had to tell one of the best stories. <laughs> so yeah, um, one one of the greatest stories ever. It, we went out on a loose trunks um, Christmas party night. <laughs> we went into Chelmsford. And uh, oh, yeah. it ended with basically us ended up in the, uh, uh, let's just say, a nice establishment called The Cave, which happens to be uh, a nice place where a load of ladies uh, will dance. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what it was is basically Sam got Liam as Secret Santa and he got him this Shawn Michaels basketball jersey kind of thing. And, uh, yes. <laughs> and then what it was is you've got, you like, you were like, 
uh, Sam, you got the jersey on, yeah? He goes, yeah, yeah. And, he goes, and then you just gone up to like, like this, this, this lady, this exotic dancer who's obviously pregnant. <laughs> yes. And uh, somehow yes. convinced her, can you get that big guy over there? Can you give him a lap dance? We'll give you. <laughs> how much would you want, like, to wear this shirt? And she goes like, yeah, it was a ridiculous amount of money as well. It was I was willing quid. to. I, was, I can't remember how much it was, but I was like, this is a lot extra for you to dance like and put this like jersey on while you're doing it. Yeah. Let's just say that we didn't exactly want to treat Liam to <laughs> the most slamming looking of the bunch, so we went for the black sheep of the uh, stripper family oh. that night. Um, and yeah, she. Uh, did she do it? I can't she, she did it for 60 quid. Yeah. It was just like yeah, Liam's well. reaction afterwards. Like, Liam, how was it? When it was fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he was yeah, not yeah, amused at all, but the fact of the matter is he had to do it because we, we paid for this, uh, for, for this dance for him. <laughs> yeah. We all sort of chipped in for it. And, um, I mean, just the fact that it was uh, it was probably more turned on at the pictures of Shawn Michaels on the vest than it was the uh, <laughs> was. stripper herself. Well, the, the, the stuff he says about Shawn Michaels, it's uh, he he does go in depth about how much he loves that man. <laughs> oh, it's worrying how much how how much he loves Shawn Michaels. It is a real worry. It's an actual uh, man crush. Um, Seriously, like if if he had opportunity to get at Shawn Michaels, especially if he was like in those pictures where he's wearing just the belt, you know, the Playgirl yep. pictures or whatever, I feel like Liam would be um, would be covered in Shawn Michaels' cum in no time. <laughs> Man, I, I do want to see like you know Liam serenading with uh, like Shawn Michaels' his own music. Like, I think I'm cute. Yeah, well, Liam in arseless chaps singing the song himself, like with the pyro in the background and everything. Well, well, okay, next next year for my birthday, we're going to convince him to come as Shawn Michaels. I don't think you would need that much convincing. Yeah, we'll give him enough time. Like with Sam's birthday, he uh, he just come as Isaac Yankum, but uh, he actually bought a coat and like uh, <laughs> and some fake teeth, and I think that was it, really. <laughs> Yeah, the man that doesn't drink was just walking around with those outrageously alcoholic shots, just shooting them into people's mouths. He got me about fucking three times. There's a video um, I've got somewhere of like, doing it to you. <laughs> him doing it to Sam was the most hilarious thing because I got I started to get really drunk as well, and I was just like, "Go and get Sam again, go and get Sam again," and Sam was just taking them like a trooper. Fuck knows how many he must have done. <laughs> Those, especially those Chris Benoit ones which were just I don't know what was in them to this day but they were so bad yeah it was like tequila and something it was tank naughty <laughs> yeah it was horrible man that was a fun day that was <laughs> well anyway I'll let you night. I'll let you get on with uh, with your life and I just want to say thank you for coming on uh, what we'll do is we'll get you back on probably again soon I do want to do the Christmas special where they have like random Christmas stories I think it'll be a good one uh, so yeah, we'll get you Hell back, yeah. you know, and then uh, like obviously we'll have another chat, and uh, yeah, we'll go on from that. I'll come on any time you want me, Matt. Any time. I'm, I'm your biggest fan, I think so far. I've listened to every <laughs> single episode uh, religiously, um, and you you rep the Pass to Assist podcast every week, and we rep the uh, Matt story time with Matt and Hammond every time as well, and it will uh, it will continue to be that way. Um, yeah, I love you, man. You, you can. I'll be here anytime you need me. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. I'll always be there for you as well. <laughs> always. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I'll raise my drink to you. There's nothing in there, but uh, <laughs> cheers.
Cheers, brother. Cheers. Have a good evening, my man. Thank you very much again. Yeah, you too. See you later, brother. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, so, um, like, if you ever want to, like, hear Jack talk some more, uh, he will be coming again back on the show soon. And, um, well, like, on top of that, you can always listen to Pass to Assist, uh, Pass to Assist Pod. There we go. I always get my tongue tied with that. Uh, so, yeah, um, for the meantime, though, thank you for listening. And always remember, I'm Matthew Haslam Hammond. And, ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you. Goodbye.